never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. podcast my name's Christopher Brown so first things first last week I turned around and said at the end that werewolf woman is a difficult film to get hold of that isn't true anymore um well it is it isn't true if you live in the US anyway the film has kind of developed a, a cult uh, appeal and one of the reasons for that is that um well, it's because of Quentin Tarantino, to be brutally honest. So the first Quentin Tarantino Film Festival in Austin in 1996, he picked a film that he hadn't seen before for his like closing movie on the list, which is interesting. Um, a surprise movie, as it were. In this case, this one, Werewolf Women. And, and it, because the film was such a success, he continued that uh, process on in the future. So what he did was he... And he'd pick a, a, a different movie of a, a similar kind of, you know, something that would have jolted the audience awake. And that included The Blood Splattered Bride and The Mighty Peking Man over the years. And that would became known as, like, the werewolf woman choice. It's kind of like a, you know, a shot in the arm at the end. It's understandable why werewolf woman, woman would be um, picked in that kind of role and fulfil that kind of need. It's a heady mix of sexploitation and, and violence. And it even managed to throw a bit of rape revenge into the mix as well. It is, however, slightly cleverer than um, you would normally think. And I would argue, probably despite its more explicit nature and uh, quite wacky uh, ideas that fly through it at points, on a, of a similar, more similar ilk to something like a film that we spoke about before, The Witch That Came From The Sea. She is Daniela, possessed with an evil that is older than time itself. An evil that turns her life into a bloody nightmare. The legend of the wolf woman. Now you can see Daniela's reincarnation in a true story so brutal, so horrifying, that it was kept from the public for over a century. The legend of the wolf woman. Rated R. 1976, Italian, directed by Rino de Silvestro. Um, the film is about a, a, a woman. And it kind of start well. It, it kind of starts really with um, what you'd expect a um, possibly a, a, a film like this to be, you know, um, quite sleazy in, in its opening. So our lead character is a woman called Daniela, and it's played by Inic Burrell, and uh, she's a French actress, and that character is naked. Um, writhing round in flames in a kind of a pseudo and mystical kind of way and she is transformed by the uh, by the magical powers supposedly into a werewolf 
and goes on, uh, you know, on the prowl. Now, pretty standard stuff, you'd think, spiced up with a bit of very explicit nudity. The reality is that we find out that um, Daniela isn't actually a werewolf. She is traumatised um, from rape and has these delusions that she was a werewolf, supposedly in the same way her ancestors were. So these are part of her dreams that she will go out, find men, have sex with them, and then rip their throats out. She eventually finds um, love, and then after more tragic events uh, and a rape, <laughs> more rape, um, the film shifts gear in its last third and turns into a, a rape-revenge thriller. So, let's be kind for starters. Uh, Werewolf Woman is effectively an attempt to um, deconstruct the werewolf genre. Something that, you know, at a certain point in the month, people become wild and violent and it, it transformed um, into savages, um, animals. And that uh, thought process and that idea is, is traditionally placed with, with men. Although a, uh, a full moon uh, woman going on the rampage it also makes sense uh, from a primal sexual uh, element. To a point. <laughs> and it's this um, thing that... Um, this element that the writer and director, Reno de Silvestro, wanted to play with. He wanted to play with the idea that of, of the werewolf being a form of trauma. Um, and um, that our main character has uh, kind of been a change, is a body changed by the terrible things that she does and is no longer in control. That would make sense a lot more as a as a concept for why you know for the film and the filmmaker because unless it wasn't so painfully shrouded in sex exploitation and was shrouded the film almost as a pathological um, wish to really examine um, Annick Burrell's uh, vagina to an almost gynecological degree uh, with lengthy close-ups, <laughs> especially early doors. Which is, um, you know, well, it is, after all, a good way of getting uh, people into the house, as it were, to watch the film. So Daniela's um, mental health has, has, you know, manifested via means of being a, um, a monster. Uh, you know, has been seen, we've spoken about this in the past, uh, well, there's Martin, for example, the George A. Romero film. I don't know if we've covered that yet, but uh, we will. Um, and there's nothing happens, but we will. And that covers very similar themes. And as I said before, one thing we have covered is The Witch That Comes From the Sea, which is very much about uh, child uh, exploitation and sexual violence and how that can then manifest itself into everyday life and the, uh, the lingering scars that such actions can carry. 
Danielle is a woman who is trying to escape her own problems, but uh, is surrounded by men who a are willing to you know either dissect her as the uh, the doctors tend to talking about her in depth and her, her psychological condition like she's a lab specimen, or the more obvious predatory males that uh, want to fuck her basically want you know want to want to attack her in some way. De Silvestro obviously is keen to examine this idea of the female werewolf a idea that he wrongly suggests has created he created well you know if you think you've done it he's obviously come up with the idea himself so fair play um, but you know has obviously been curtailed and kept down by the marketplace and the impact uh, the need to make a exploitation movie has had on his uh, his grand vision, shall we say? What that doesn't exclude is the fact that he um, is prone to bouts of um, silliness in his direction. Some of the love making scenes are downright laughable, and um, he's very keen on jumping angular um, shots which are, I think, designed to disorientate um, something you may see, like, in, I don't know, in Evil Dead or something like that. But the reality in this case is it kind of looks a bit out of place, particularly in an Italian horror cinema style. I mean, its look and feel feels very much like similar Jello that were knocking around at this point. Um, you know, late, late, you know, mid to late 70s, sexploitation Jello films, which, uh, you know, very much... Uh, to a to to an element, don't really convey too much in terms of you know the, the, the they tend the shots tend to be quite quite statically framed and it's diff, it's unfair to, co- to obviously comment on something like this and suggest that um, werewolf woman you know is 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 is, is polish shot because you know it's not like other films like it because obviously it's very much deliberately trying not to be like that, but. Um, Nonetheless, it does does benefit. It doesn't benefit from from being a bit a bit wacky. And if you know, it could have helped if it had a bit more. It was a bit more chilled in the shots it was taking, shall we say? But it does have a um, you know a, a good, smart, central performance from Anik Burrell, who um, she uh, was born in nineteen forty eight in uh, in France. She's French, but. Um, was okay with doing, you know, exploitation and that, and that kind of stuff and was, you know, willing to be very seen on film, shall we say. So she kind of appeared initially in as a, um, a predatory uh, girlfriend of a drug dealer in Weekend with the Babysitter. She popped up in um, V. Mikkel's, um Ted V. Mikkel, sorry, uh, Blood Orgy of the She-Devils and also in Truck, uh, Truck Turner, as well as a, um, a topless prostitute. But I think it's fair to say that it is this movie, uh, Werewolf Woman, that um, she kind of has managed to achieve cult fame, even though it probably wasn't visible at the time, though it was a profitable film. So did this, and then kind of quit acting after a couple more... Um, Trashy exploitation films, Black Aphrodite and Erotic Encounters. Uh, 
August Di Silvestro um, was a, a filmmaker of, of elements of repute. I mean, he he kind of um, popped up, you know, mainly in exploitation. It's entirely in exploitation, sex exploitation movies, and notably uh, Women in Cell Block Seven uh, and the Port of Women of the SS special section. So uh, you can pretty much examine, and you know what those films are like. And 1985's The Erotic Dreams of Cleopatra as well. So that kind of gives you an idea of the uh, our man from Rome and um, his impact on cinema. I mean, Woman, Women in Cell Block 7 is probably regarded as Italy's first women in prison film. However, it's very fair to point out that it is, however, not the first women in prison film. So notable, again, really for the fact that he, you know, they'd seen something they liked. So they wanted to copy and then copied it. So I think if we're looking at this book, what, 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 what are we saying about werewolf woman? Um, apart from the fact that, yes, I'm sorry, you can get it on Blu-ray <laughs> if you've got a, a, a multi-region multi-player. It's from a Reno video. Initially, it kind of plays about with elements of Barber's Black Sunday. You know that kind of certainly the opening feels like that. You know, villages attacking the woman and kind of a gothic horror element, but with these. Um, Overlays of obviously sex exploitation with the nudity. Let's be honest with you, sex exploitation, uh, you know, with um, you know naked witches or or werewolves or whatever, isn't anything that uncommon. It's moments where two the two doctors kind of talk about her mental condition are not particularly the most exciting bits of cinema I've ever seen, but do add a, a slightly different tonal shift change. At the end of the day, it's very much far more indeed about the intelligence of of of, of somebody, you know, and the, the the psychological elements of that character. But the film, and that's not beats about the bullshit. Despite those more lofty intentions, is filled with violence, rape, and nudity. It is those key bits which are the things that drive the story onwards, and. Although you can deal with all those 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 elements and themes in a film without it being uh, exploitation, this very much is. I suppose for me the thing that makes it stand out is that Daniela is the person who commits the most violence in the film, apart from, you know physical but gory violence, and obviously not sexual. She she, but the her as the victim. Of the sex of a victim of, of sexual violence is the thing that makes her the victim of the piece. Um, she is both the antagonist and the protagonist at the same time, and that is a kind of an interesting element to the film. Uh, probably its best shot thing beyond you know the things that people go and see these kind of movies for, shall we say, the sex and violence. So I think it's fair to say that, you know, the people, a mainstream audience is going to look at this and go, oh no, this is too much. It's not for me, this is too sleazy. And then there's people who are 
after the sleaze that will be satisfied to be fair and they'll probably you know they can just enjoy it for, they will maybe enjoy it just for its, its sleaziness but you know uh, if if Video Nasty's podcast is anything. It, it tries to see uh, a little bit more in films like this than, than maybe first meets the eye, and definitely, Di Silvestro is is attempting to create something a bit more um, than initially meets the eye when you're watching a close up of a woman's vagina while she dances naked in the woods. Okay, so the film um, is available on Blu-ray, uh, regional A Blu-ray, as we've already said. It never really got a another release in the UK properly um, past VHS. So it was um, the film was released in a cut version in the cinema, but an uncut version in Cine Hollywood, and was allegedly, you know, again on a seizure list from Greater Manchester Police. It was released on video with uh, cuts again called Naked Werewolf Woman in 86. But these were quite heavy, unsurprisingly, to the rape scene and um, additional shots of a naked body being, um, you know, being stitched on the mortician's slab. Um, and hasn't had the light of scene, light of day since. I'm, I, I think it possibly would. You know, it's the kind of movie that I'm surprised 88 Films hasn't picked up yet. It, it certainly fits within the kind of films they would be keen to shift. And um, it's it's very, you know, it, it's very watchable. It's it's, it's better. It's ent- at the very least, it's very, if you if you if you say if you if you put Burial Ground out, then you can put this out quite happily. You know what I mean? It it it's if you you know for the giggling hand the hand crowd, it'll be it's great. But also, you know. There's a bit more to it than that, and I think that's probably fair, you know, good. Kept from the public for over a century, the legend of the Wolf Woman, rated R. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastypodcast at gmail.com. Get me on Twitter at Monkey, or you can go to the websites videonastypodcast.com or thelastofourpodcast.com and leave a message on either of those two. So we're going to take a week off next week and then we are back just before Christmas for Christmas Evil, the old uh, 1980 Santa slasher and a classic of the genre. So, until then, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video? Oh, you've easy. never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.